is all this? This is the sacrificial chamber. Just like the Aztecs and the Egyptians. Whoever built this pyramid believed in ritual sacrifice. This is where the Chosen Ones were offered to the gods. Those that were chosen would lie here. They weren't bound or tied in any way. They went to die willingly. Men and women. It was considered an honor. Lucky them. Welcome to Screen Run. I'm the Lady One and I'm here with... Chris Calzo. Screen Run is the podcast where Chris and I discuss the works of a particular artist or franchise. Here in season two, we're talking about the Alien movies, and this episode we have reached Alien versus Predator. I'm thrilled to have another fantastic guest joining us this week. We have Robert Yanis Jr. We'll <laughs> see if he's fantastic. Whoa. He's gonna, I know Whoa. he's going to be I, solid, <laughs> and he I, could be even spectacular. But hey, I'm more doing this for him. I don't want to put much too much too much pressure on the man. Listen, Christ, he's a seasoned think... professional. He knows what he's doing. So <laughs> I want him to be comfortable though. Robert, do what you do, but I'm sorry. Ms. Juan, please. Chris, I don't think you understand how important Robert Yanis Jr. is to my personal life. Like this is this is hurtful. Robert Yanis Jr. is crooked table productions. This man is productions. That's serious. That's true. Plural. Robert, Plural. Robert, There's hi. an S at the end there. <laughs> Chris. He makes it happen. True. You know, every time I hear the word plural, <laughs> I think of uh, four rooms with Tim, you know, the Tarantino, kind of the Tim Roth. Uh-huh. I don't have a problem. Yeah, I yeah, have yeah. problems. Plural. <laughs> that line is stuck in my head forever. Thank you for joining us as uh, Chris immediately jumped on you. Setting realistic expectations. <laughs> it, can only, it can only go up from here. So thank you for that introduction, Chris. Hey, what is it? You under-promise and you over-deliver. Exactly. It's a Scotty exactly. method. That's you tell story you it's, it's going to take you eight hours when you know it's only going to take you four. And you look like a miracle worker. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Secret and, to my success. And this episode is going to take eight hours. <laughs> right? And this episode is going to take eight hours. Feels like this movie takes eight hours to get to any actual aliens versus <laughs> any predators. Oh, I think the opening of this episode seems like it's taking eight hours, which I think is mostly my fault. <laughs> well, this is the unrated, which means we have an extra introduction, right? That's what we're doing. Yeah, look how I tied that into the movie we're talking about. You are the queen uh, of segues. <laughs> Robert. So, tell us um, about your first sexual experience <laughs> with an alien. With an alien, what about the <laughs> or a person? Yeah, what, yeah. Or, and, and or yeah. So, what's your personal history with the franchise of alien films? Well, actually, I've been listening to to every episode of the show that you guys. Yeah, been uh, in, including Resurrection, so I know about the whole podcast mommy thing. <laughs> nice, uh, you know, I'm gonna help Chris keep that alive. I have it pocketed. Episode. But I appreciate that. Oh, no. Um, but weirdly, just like the lovely Ms. Juan, uh, Alien vs. Predator was my first Alien movie. Yes! Uh, I believe. And, which is weird because you, like, I had... teen. Uh, I was like 21, I think. <laughs> I didn't live in a household where Alien, the Alien movies were prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I was aware of them, the chestburster scene and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And... After this, this was my gateway to go back and then rewatch all of them, including Alien Resurrection, which I don't think I've seen since. Uh, which now, after your guys' episode, I'm like, do I am, am I giving it? Am I giving it? You know, a hard time? Should I go back and give Resurrection a rewatch? Maybe I'm, I was misjudging it at the time. You know, I would say with Juanwood and I would agree. Worst case scenario, you watch the making of Alien Resurrection oh, yeah. for the luminous Winona Ryder, oh, but still yeah, stuck yeah, in my head. She's glowing. God, she has never looked more beautiful than the behind the scenes of Alien Resurrection. Man, yeah. Watch that, for sure. I think that that's our recommendation from Alien Resurrection. Is <laughs> glowing endorsement from Screen yes. Run. Yes. Um, yeah, so then I, I went back and I rewatched all of them. I saw Prometheus in theaters and 
and Alien Covenant. I saw mm. both this and Aliens versus Predator Requiem in theaters. Uh, so, uh, which I tried just to do my due diligence for this episode for the sake of comparison. I tried to rewatch that and I lost interest pretty fast. Oh boy. So, so yeah. So I, I have pretty standard basic uh, opinions on the first four <laughs> in the franchise. First one's yeah. amazing. Second one's amazing. Mm-hmm. Third one's a mess, but kind of interesting in some ways. Worthy of discussion, as you guys proved. And Resurrection is the one that everyone kind of forgets about. <laughs> or whatever, skips over. That's I have a the three of them on DVD, and I try I try and pretend Resurrection hasn't exist because I think that at least Alien Three <laughs> sort of works as a trilogy capper. One of I have two shows, and one of my shows is all about franchises, so I really like yeah. trilogies. I feel mm-hmm. like at least it ended Ripley's story in a satisfying way that made sense for the character. So then, of course, the next movie they clone her and and, and start all over again for some reason. But I think we ended up settling that we thought Resurrection was okay. Yeah. It was actually better than we remember. Yeah. I or... have to go back. I liked it better than Alien 3, but, you know, that's a low bar. So. <laughs> well, I'm curious then, uh, Lady One, is this the first time that you've rewatched AVP since theaters? And, like, what were your thoughts now watching it? Here's the thing. I didn't see this in the theater. I... Very specifically, like this is honestly, I saw this in the best possible way, which is I was at a friend's house, like a party in college. Not that, like not a crazy like movie party, but just like whenever people just show up and they all bring alcohol and you're just kind of sitting around. This movie came on like TBS or USA or whatever. And I didn't know what it was. And I, I, it got me and I just couldn't leave the couch. And I was like, no, 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 I'm watching this movie. And I watched this whole movie by myself, having no idea what it was, having only like eventual like pop culture knowledge of aliens and predators. But I didn't know I was watching Alien versus Predator. I just knew a movie was happening. I didn't know any of this was going to happen. So it was, it was very, very enjoyable. And I just, I loved what I was watching. I revisited it later. And that was when I realized it was rated PG-13. And then I was very embarrassed. And then this was the first time watching it again. And I I did watch it twice. Um, I still love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I do. It's so fun. (laughs) It also comes from a real moment in time because this is, the year after Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. So there was like a a little mini, like it seemed like Hollywood was having a renaissance of versus movies, <laughs> of franchise mashups. And by the way, Freddy versus Jason, I think also the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie I saw all the way through. So yeah. I just start with these mashups and then work my way backwards, I guess. And and in both cases, I think there are interesting decisions that the movies make yeah. for how they how they try and mesh the mythologies together. Yeah. I don't think it always works, but we'll we'll get I'm sure we'll get into some <laughs> of the moments in here that are kind of cool. Yeah. So that that's kind of where I where I sit with AVP. <laughs> I haven't really watched it a, a ton since then. There was a period it was on like FX constantly. I don't yeah. know if it still is, <laughs> but I've probably seen bits and pieces uh over the years. But yeah, not not one I've gone back and revisited a ton. Yeah. Chris how did you come to see this movie for the first time? I believe I watched it in the theater. I don't mm-hmm. have a firm recollection of this at all, seeing this in the theater. I, I assume I did, but I, I can't recall for sure. <laughs> and I, I remember being generally underwhelmed by the film. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I grew up, you know, I think the first one I saw in the theater was actually three. Because I would have been four when the first one came out. And then, what's the math? 11 when the second one came out. Mm -hmm. So I I probably watched Aliens, though, I think first at home, like on Spotlight or HBO or whatever. Mm -hmm. Either way, I'm not... Listen, it's this for me, (laughs) the tagline of this film, right, was whoever wins, we lose. (laughs) And I couldn't think of a more prophetic tagline. <laughs> and I remember being excited for this because I had watched Predator 2. And for all of its just kind of slapdash, kind of on the cheap, 
sequel. It's actually a pretty fun and violent film, and I enjoy it. Danny Glover goes up against a predator in like kind of this future state L.A. And I remember at the end, there was, in the predator ship, they had the alien skull. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, these exist in the same universe. That's cool. I'd love to see them fight each other. That would be awesome. <laughs> and I'd say, you be careful what you wish for, kids. <laughs> I think that we the problem with AVP is that we finally just become product. It's become yeah. like the McRib of science fiction kind of horror films. We're done experimenting. We're done bringing in new things, whether they work or not to this franchise and it's officially i guess air quotes a franchise with all the negativity associated with that phrase we've now become the mcdonald's instead of whatever your highfalutin burger chain that puts gold leaf on top of the burgers whatever the hell it is i don't know (laughs) what burger places are you going to chris well none but i'm just trying to come up with a demonstration of something that you know it does the product of a franchise but does it in an elevated, escalated way. And this we're done with that now. Yeah. Now we're just going to be churning out stuff for the masses. Now we're just strictly here to make some money. And I found really no artistic return or merit in this film uh, whatsoever. There are things about it that I enjoy, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But overall, this is when the franchise transitions, at least for two films, into just straight consumer product. I think your comparison to McDonald's is actually completely perfect because i love mcdonald's chicken nuggets and i know that's not food like it's not food there is nothing nourishing about that i i have an allergy to gluten and somehow those don't bother me so what the hell are they breaded in um (laughs) like i don't know uh it's not food but you know what it makes me feel good and it's nice and that's this movie it's mcdonald's chicken nuggets there you go (laughs) <laughs> Robert, what do you think? Am I wrong about that? Do you disagree with the uh, host? No, no. I think you're. I think you're right. I mean, it. It. it there are elements that get. This movie is definitely watchable. It's not garbage. It's not a great movie. It's. It's a good put on in the background at a party kind of movie, <laughs> um, as has already been established. It, but it yeah. does not really take any creative chances. The characters all feel like. <laughs> cardboard cutouts of the ensembles from every uh, alien yeah. film previously and it they, and most of the greatest mo- the, the most notable moments in this feel like warmed over kind of greatest hits from predator and uh and alien films and so i it's but then it's like i don't know i i, lo- I really like freddy versus jason i've seen that a million times like i said that's also kind of a similar approach mm-hmm. to those two properties wow so i, think I don't know if, if they days breaking that down you love you like that film a lot that you're a big fan of it i think it's fun i think it's fun i i've I've seen pretty versus jason quite a bit over the years because i'm fascinated with like i said the the combining of these two it's a pop culture moment exactly an alien met a predator chris and we all witnessed it Uh, okay (laughs) but yeah so i don't know i don't if they were good is there another way like for example chris if they were going to do an alien versus predator movie regardless mm-hmm. what would that even look like to you for other than you know not being pg-13 <laughs> yeah what's a good version of this i don't know if i would i don't know if i would bother <laughs> i think is the point i i right i'm not the biggest fan of these mash because these are all strictly commercial ventures that's sure. it now i mean yeah. dan o'bannon and ron and ronald just came back to help develop the story for this and i will say i think conceptually the story works I think that it, it makes sense and it's just um, it's created to kind of justify its concept and I guess born out of some type of artistic merit and it works and it's fine. It's unremarkable, but I think it gets the job done. It gets us where we need to be and why. But again, it's all except just work for hire. There's no, I don't feel no passion behind this whatsoever. I'd, mm. If I were to dream up my own version, I don't imagine it would be much different than this. Maybe I would up the the violence. Maybe I would do more with the color palette. I would definitely make it actually maybe potentially scary in some capacity. (laughs) Um, But that would maybe be it. I mean, I'm kind of over the alien taking on the characteristics or something of, of the thing that it gestates in. 
which one, I guess, is what we really dive into in the sequel, because there is a bit of a mm. cliffhanger here in AVP. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I have no affection or regard really for this film whatsoever. Yeah. So, so, Juan, right, do you want to bring us down the primrose path of how this thing came to be? Yeah. So I think a lot of people think this movie and the comic books it's based on came out of like a prop guy putting an alien head in the end of Predator 2. But the comics came first. So just to clarify for everybody, that 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 prop guy is still cool. Like we still like him. But he was honestly just like referencing the comics that this had happened, that those comic books had been written. They started coming out in 1989 from Dark Horse Comics. And roughly the story we get in this is from the comics, just specifically a female earthling kills an alien, proves herself to a predator, gets marked. That's what we have in common with the comic book. But that character in the comic books like goes on to join the predator civilization. Uh, she experiences prejudice from predators. It's a thing. Uh, so I honestly, I think what the story is in this one is better for a movie than that. But yeah, this is, if you're going to do an alien versus predator movie, they don't talk, so you're going to need a lot of people. But I will say, I, other than Mr. Wayland and Lex, I cannot name another character in this movie. Do you guys know any of their names? Uh, Miller is the <laughs> Scottish guy. I remember that. And Verheiden, because they said his name a lot, at least in the unrated cut. Uh... And I kept every time they said it, it, it made me think of Verhoeven. And then I was like, well, he had nothing to do with this franchise. That was RoboCop because <laughs> they had RoboCop and Terminator uh, comics, I believe, around the same time. I think I remember an, an arcade game with that. So other than those, not really. Uh, it's it, I, We'll get to this later, but picking a, a favorite performance was very challenging. Uh, it, it was a, a group of a group of randoms and, and a, you know, silent, uh, two silent killers, pretty much. I think, what was it? What was the name again? Ver, Verheiden? Verizon. Verizon. I I think that's. (laughs) I believe that name is somebody who worked on the comic book series. I think you're right. I think that was the writer of the art. Yeah, you're entirely right about that. I think, and that's why they kept putting it out there. I still like immediately was just like I don't know any of these people's names. I don't. (laughs) I don't know anything that's going on. But still, still loved it. So anyway, this movie, the comics came out. 1989 in 1994 they uh fox wanted that money and (laughs) they started considering making this an actual film project because um pretty pretty much every episode since episode one we have discussed how uh fox wanted money and then they made this movie the original idea was uh peter briggs worked on a pitch for it was called the hunt alien versus predator and it just kind of like floated around nobody really had any interest in making it until paul ws anderson was like yeah i'll do that and yeah that's that's how we got here is uh dude loves himself some some commercial properties they went till del toro and he turned it down to make hellboy instead which i'm very happy about (laughs) yeah no don't get me wrong i think his his blade sequel is the best in that entire franchise and i would be interested in seeing an avp by guillermo del toro though granted i would be interested in seeing you know a commercial for coke by guillermo del toro (laughs) but i'd much rather have gotten hellboy than his version of avp but did you see some of the other people too this one that blew my mind and made me very upset Oh no! Was the potential of, of, of a certain special somebody who had actually been writing a sequel for a fifth film, and reached out to Ridley Scott, who had expressed interest in making said film. Mm-hmm. James Cameron had actually been writing a, a film, an Alien Five. Yeah. So Cameron, when the studios said they wanted. To go in an AVP direction, though, that's when he was like, no, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, and he stopped writing it. He just abandoned the project. <laughs> he was like, no, absolutely not. Sigourney Weaver also thinks, well, in the production of Alien Resurrection, was saying that the concept of Alien versus Predator was 
nonsense and she didn't want anything to do with that really any anyone with any like emotional attachment i think to the original alien series wasn't desperate for this i think this is like this is a fan service movie right and it it worked on on me as a (laughs) non-fan it worked on me as a random person flipping through the channels but yeah it's they got they got lance henriksen back yes uh actually it's him and Tom Woodruff Jr., the guy that plays the alien, the the nethead or grid, whatever the fans yeah. are calling him, uh, <laughs> he um, he's in I think almost all of the other previous films, Aliens on, playing different aliens. So uh, th- those are the only two returning cast members that I could see, yeah, uh, in my research. And Schwarzenegger was willing to come for back for a cameo had he not <laughs> been governor of California <laughs> at the Which time. Is- just such an insane world that we live in <laughs> like how but uh, yeah so thanks california for robbing us of the opportunity for a dutch cameo <laughs> well you ever you ever heard that story about barack obama why what barack obama ended up being like uh so uh, i can't remember what it was now but there was an actress on one of the i think it was either Babylon 5 or one of the Star Trek shows, I think it was one of the Star Trek shows, who was married uh-huh. to a gentleman who was running for a seat in the House of Representatives. And he had to bail out because it turned out he had an affair. So he, they ended up choosing Obama instead for his seat. He won that seat. And then Obama eventually becomes senator and eventually becomes president. So wow. if that guy hadn't like cheated on his wife on the Star Trek, it's possible Obama never would have been president. Oh you want to talk God. about a crazy wow. con- That's confluence a, of events. Some sliding doors thing there. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. What it's a amazing. domino effect. Wow. Man, I just learned something about history on this podcast. Well, <laughs> very alien loose, undetailed history. Yes, but <laughs> I'm pulling from my cheery wheat riddled mind right now. But yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is an educational program. Good times. <laughs> yeah. All right. So... That's a little bit about how this movie came to be made. Just kind of some more context on what Paul W.S. Anderson was thinking about as he was working on this movie is, uh, like you said, Robert, we have Lance Henriksen back as Mr. Wayland, which I think between his name and the logo, God, maybe like 50 times do they they throw Wayland around in here? Oh, yeah. It's, They're like Wayland. Remember Wayland Yutani? It's related. This yeah, is a prequel. Wayland. Who knows? You, get it? You, yes. guys, you guys get it. And so there had already been uh we've we've got Bishop but but not Bishop in Alien 3. And for this one, <laughs> I was reading that Anderson said it's kind of like Microsoft building an Android a hundred years time that has the face of Bill Gates. That's an Apple move. I have to say, there's no way Microsoft <laughs> would build an Android with Bill Gates' face, but like my iPhone is going to just have Steve Jobs on it, like at some point, right? That's not an Apple move. Not there will be the OS assistant at some point. We'll either be Steve or. <laughs> oh, yeah, a little animated Steve hey, Jobs, Jobs. pop up. Yeah. the closest sweater. vegan pizza to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but, you know, I. I like the idea of getting him back into this movie and using, um, you know, the ego of this company as as a reason why he's still here. We still have Lance. It's also kind of reminds me of something that they almost did in not to bring up other franchises, but in Terminator 3, because there's a deleted scene where uh, they're trying to design that. You know what I'm talking about, Chris? Yeah, something candy. What's his name? Colonel Candy or Corporal Candy? Or yes, something like yeah, something like that. Well, I, I don't know if, if you know about this one, uh, uh-huh. but there's a no, deleted no, 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 scene in Terminator Three. Part of yeah, me wants ahead. me us to pause and oh, no. Google the YouTube. I want you to watch. You have to see this. It can't oh, yeah. be explained. Hey, I, if Robert's all right with you, let's sit for about two no, minutes. No, please. Okay. And YouTube T three deleted scene candy okay hold oh my god i'm so nervous and maybe what i'll do is i'll insert the clip into the show too there you go okay all right uh all right i'm I'm gonna hit play after this fitbit ad (laughs) (laughs) i'm cutting that out fitbit you're not getting any free play here (laughs) proceed great leaders aren't born they're made right here with the technology developed 
at CRS. You do know the patents were obtained from a private vendor, Cyberdyne? Cyberdyne? It's ancient history. Using designs generated by Skynet, we need no longer risk the well-being of our men and women in uniform. Robots will take their place on the front lines. Hi! I'm Chief Master Sergeant William Candy. I was honored to be selected by CRS in the ongoing effort to save American lives. I don't know about that accent. <laughs> we can fix it. <laughs> oh no. See, there you go. <laughs> oh no. All right, that's it. That was just yeah. <laughs> Chief Master Sergeant Kane. <laughs> so it's oh, good. This is yeah. a good segue for me. Robert, you asked me what I would do differently if I were to make an ADP film. And that answer is always Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Any there you go. regular listeners to my other show will know of my just bizarre affection for Arnold. Like just being an 80s kid. Right, I think the man has just a the 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 charisma of like the wattage of the sun. I don't quite understand what it is, but if you drop, just like you say, you don't even have just Dutch as a cameo at the end. We have an older Dutch now having to fight both of these things. Oh my god! I'm in. Yep. Yeah, that's how you do. I mean, good call. I I think I I think people would have been on board. Truly. <laughs> Arnold versus alien versus predator. Yeah. I could still do it. Yeah. 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 Do it now. AAVP is still possible. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gosh. still holding out for a King Conan movie myself, but anyway. Oh yeah. All right. Well, they'll get to triplets before they'll get to King Conan, unfortunately. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so there's a couple other homages in this thing too, right? You have the drinking bird from Alien. It's actually, I believe, uh -huh. the same one. Supposedly. Really? And oh, that's cool. Yeah, the computer language, whatever that gets reflected on the predator's helmet when the computer uh -huh. becomes alive. Really, really cool, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I and I like that the film is self-aware enough to use like Frankenstein versus the Wolfman in that opening that the scientist yes. is watching on his yeah. TV. I don't yeah, think they appreciate the irony because, again, that's another not, really not very good movie in a, in a way just to kind of cash in on those two characters. Yeah. But they're self-aware enough to, to do that, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing, right? Frankenstein meets the Wolfman was like a million years ago. Movies have always been some bullshit. And it's okay if it's fun. <laughs> so it's yeah. fine. Not everything but, has to be like this meaningful, like sweeping emotional experience. Some movies are just fun. Well, this yeah. is I mean, I I, I guess what Chris is saying is it wasn't fun. <laughs> right. For him. It's it's not fun. It's I'm so tedious. sorry. And I <laughs> I, uh, I one thing that I was wondering watching this is. Do you do you too feel like this is a better Predator movie or an Alien movie? Because I have a pretty clear answer. Like well, which which one is it more of? Which which franchise either is it more of or does it function better as? Because I think that's also underscores what Chris's issue is. Because I personally think this really doesn't add much to the Alien mythos whatsoever. And if you view it as a Predator movie, that he's just crosses paths with some xenomorphs i think it plays much better yeah yeah i i mean reasonably i would have to say it's far more of a predator movie than an alien movie yeah. because mm -hmm. the aliens are it they're literally captive like that queen is in chase she she stays under ice and then they yank her up and they make her squeeze out some eggs that's it like these are not like aliens who have found their way here to fight a battle this isn't a war this is right. They they are a training exercise. Uh, so this is the predator's emotional journey to become a man. I was uh, a teenage <laughs> predator, yeah. I yeah, thought this you were is the predator's go, bar mitzvah. I thought you were about to do some grand, you know, comparisons <laughs> to the Mississippi abortion law with the uh, queen alien being forced to give birth to these eggs in order to fight the... Uh... Okay, but like, I definitely had this conversation today that is AVP 
Roe v. Wade. Uh, <laughs> the aliens are obviously pro-life, uh, just laying eggs, just trying to reproduce at all costs. And the predators are are destroying life. So what do we think? Mm. <laughs> this is an allegory, right? Good for thought. Yeah. yeah, this is a this is a political film. Paul W. S. Anderson wants us to decide how we feel about reproductive rights. <laughs> I would never ascribe <laughs> death to any Paul W. S. Anderson film. Not a, <laughs> sorry, Paul, but I, I don't. I mean, you look at his oeuvre, and I think the best thing he's done is likely Event Horizon, which has I think I was, a, yeah unrealistic affection for a bunch bunch of people really think that film's really good and it, I, it's okay i've never been the <laughs> hugest fan of event horizon i don't think it goes as far as it should it's it but it is his best film but again okay yeah i mean it, <laughs> well Pompeii. half of his filmography are is resident evil yeah. films so there yeah. you go yeah he's commercial guy he does product movies. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, you know what? Good for him. He's married to Mila Jovovich. He's making a ton of cash. Mm-hmm. He's living the dream. Here I am yeah. talking about him living the dream. So who's, <laughs> who's laughing now? Is what Paul would say. Who's laughing now? Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, let me, let me sidebar us back into the, the homages and references to the Please. other, the other films. Cause I like, like I was genuinely excited to see Mr. Whalen doing like the little pen thing around his fingers, like mm. Bishop. I thought I thought that was cool. Um, there's a shot of Lex hanging off the the bricks at that one point that is like referencing the shot of that we have of Ripley in the other movies where she's hanging down, needs to climb back up, and then there's an alien there. That's that's intentional. Yeah, great. Oh God, Chris, you're just not <laughs> interested in enjoying because this. it's not. It, it's again, it's product. It's like, oh, you know, well, we did that. Ripley did that, so we'll do that. That'll be cool. And what about this? Oh yeah, let's do that. That'll be cool. And it was. <laughs> Sorry, continue. It was. It was when when the movie is starting, and oh, just let me just say this, like way too deep into the movie uh, or into the episode. We watched the unrated version. Yeah. Just FYI. Uh, so Not there's that some... there's a ton of differences though. It really is just my, yeah. more more fake blood and yeah. that opening that is wildly unnecessary. I I was watching it and I was like I don't remember this because I, <laughs> I was just like exactly. I really I was like, what is this? How why don't I remember that? It adds nothing. It's a waste of yeah. time. Yeah, no. Honestly, you could just skip to twenty minutes in because nothing in the first twenty minutes matters. Yeah, when you have uh, characters I, that are—I did so. Yeah. Say, when you have characters that are this horribly underwritten to begin with, <laughs> and you say, "Well, let's add in like 10, 15 minutes of exposition and more character development," and then, but, but, but no, you're no, you're entirely right, both of you. It's just more digital blood that looks fake as hell. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, an opening in 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 back in what like a hundred years ago. Yeah. In this yeah. whaling camp that, as you said, adds really nothing to. Oh. It adds nothing. It's just like one extra kill, but like you don't even really see it. So mm-hmm. it's it it's not helpful. But the unrated version is better because you get better fake blood. And you get to uh, see the, more fake blood. And you get to see the guy delivering pizzas to uh, the Wayland Industries building, which he gets cut out of and, the theatrical version. And I believe there's oh. a Muppet Show reference that's only in the unrated. So you get that too. We're <laughs> we'll talking about Beaker. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah. I always oh, appreciate a, Muff- yeah. a Muppet reference. So I'll take it. Yeah, love uh, a Muppet reference. But it's no, perfect. I was doing timestamps as I was watching it. So like 34 minutes in, the Predator starts attacking people, hanging the yeah. bodies upside down and stuff. 47, we get the face hugger leaping like in slow motion in yeah. the sacrificial chamber. Well, Robert, that's and more then... of the homages. We wanted to build up tension like we did in the first couple <laughs> films. That's the whole reason Because this movie is so so focused on building up tension. Um <laughs> And then we get oh, an alien and like a predator meeting. Fifty nine minutes in. Yeah, it does. It takes it takes a whole hour. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> just still still I don't I don't know why this movie just like totally does it for me. But if you look at like my stream of consciousness notes from watching this, this is just like I love this. I like this. It's like <laughs> man, that satellite. 
actually beat the satellite and not the alien queen? What a cool fake out. The alien coming out of the ice? Man, she looks cool. Like, it just all works on me. I don't know why my brain is like 14 watching this movie, but I am just like, yeah, every time. <laughs> like, I was just smiling like a dumb kid while I watched this movie. Well, <laughs> when you get later on towards the end where uh, Lex gets the uh the xenomorph head as a shield <laughs> and the tail as a spear that was kind of neat was, there, there were certain things like that that i was like yes. all right I, I i or the predator catching the baby alien and yeah. snapping its neck i was like yeah, yeah movie went there yeah. so but my problem is that all of that is in the last 45 minutes and you have yeah. an hour of slog to get through yeah before the good stuff actually happens yeah, it, it does take a while. And I, I think I wrote down one of my timestamp notes was like, oh, here we go. We're finally down to the two attractive people. <laughs> like, I think it was like an hour in. We're down to just the two attractive people. Right. <laughs> Everybody like else predator. is gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's disrespecting our Italian archaeologist. How dare I you? Whose name I don't know. <laughs> I think it's Luigi. <laughs> I was gonna say Mario, so that's fine. It's a meme. Yeah, pretty much. Chris Pratt, same difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I will yeah. give props to Anderson for minimizing the CGI in this film. Supposedly, seventy yeah. percent of the effects are practical, which yeah. I always think is the right way to go. Obviously, it's more expensive and, and more difficult. But mm -hmm. it always adds a level, a, level, a level of realism that you don't get if you go digital. And you can tell that by just looking, watching the unrated version with the digital blood effects, which are just yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. The the practical effects look really cool. I think the the alien, like the, our queen, uh, it's a puppet for a while. It's an animatronic for a while. I think it looks really cool uh, whenever sure. it's not the CGI version running around on Antarctica. But yeah, I I don't know. I just think it looks cool. And I, I watched a lot of the, the behind the scenes, the making of, and, you know, watching the guy in the alien suit crawl down the wall. Like, it's it just looks cool. Like, it works. I don't know why it works for me. It just does. Like, all my, all my notes, I'm looking at them. They're so not helpful. I love the face-off. I love the slow-mo. All of them are just, I love. Like, these are not critical notes. What's wrong with me? Is, this, is that the literal face-off? The predator slicing the xenomorph face-off? <laughs> I did love that part, too. But that just, was pretty cool. It, it, just, it slides down. It's cool. <laughs> is there a... So is nostalgia coloring your view of this? I don't know, because I didn't see it until I was 20 years old, maybe. And, and like I 22, didn't know so that's a good point. I had forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I saw this as reasonably an adult. And I didn't have like any, I had no nostalgia goggles for the frame. I didn't have the fan goggles. You know, I wasn't mm -hmm. like, ah, we're finally getting this. I love these, well, I mean, these two movies. But it could just I, be I, that particular time in your life. It doesn't have to be like you were 10 years old watching your first, you know, Care Bears thing. Like it was for me. <laughs> you can. Hey, really at 10? That's a little old. I don't like to talk about it. So let's move on. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, I was expecting to not like it. I have watched things that I liked when I was younger and then revisiting them. I'm like, oh boy, that's not great. But this, I still was enjoying it. I really was. I really was. I, I do. I have more questions now about the plot. That's a bold word. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm going to say I have a lot of questions about how is this really threatening Earth? Because they're a thousand miles away from anything. And it doesn't appear that these aliens can survive frozen water. So, and we only have like 12 people in there, right? For this expedition. Or let's say maybe 20 with the other people at the surface. Yeah. And it's only one alien per person. Because it's got to be born out of a person. Right. So maximum, we can only make 20-ish aliens. Let's say we keep the queen. We can have 21. Only We're, 21 aliens. Only 21. Where are they going to go? Excuse me. Ripley clearly says if even just one of these makes it to Earth, 
mm-hmm. then that's it. It's over. So you it could impregnate one of somebody. But how is it going to get to a somebody? That's what I'm getting at. Well, there would be no survivors. It would hide in one of the. Uh, it would impregnate one of them and. But there's no there's no way for a human to safely does Sanaa Latham not die at the end of this movie after the credits roll because she isn't in Antarctica in a sweater alone <laughs> like they just left her there she she didn't even have a coat on she would be dead in thirty minutes from exposure well, I Google. what if what if the queen the queen lays an egg a face hogger jumps on like a narwhal and then swims its oh. way to land I don't know okay ah, okay okay so you know what a whale or a penguin an alien? alien born from a whale. Uh, yeah. A penguin alien is entirely possible. I prefer a narwhal. I think that would be way <laughs> scarier. Could you imagine a xenomorph with just like a horn coming out of his head? It's bad time. There you go. That's the yeah. next. All right. Next you one. you solved it for me. I mean, Sanaa Latham is definitely dead. But yes. Okay. Now I see the threat to Earth is possible. Because I was just sitting there watching it. And I'm like, they're nowhere near anybody. They're not going to be able to take over. But, but, but so yeah, she, no, you're right. She walks. Here's a funny thing. I had to look it up here because I, I honestly don't even remember how it ends. <laughs> Great. She Great. walks over to a snow cat and leaves the area. So she must, there must be some other, but she's on an island, right? Yeah. They said yeah, right. that where they're going for this expedition is a thousand miles away from any stations on Antarctica. She's a thousand miles. Everyone hmm. at camp is dead. Everyone who went in the pyramid with her is dead. And she doesn't even have her coat anymore. Wow. I, she's I'm, going to die. I am floored that paul anderson doesn't have that all sewn up in his in his film i'm, I'm, I'm shocked that he would leave a loose end like that and not huh, weird but Crazy. okay as much as i'm questioning this is it a loose end because no one seems to know about the xenomorphs so the only survivor of this dies from exposure and now nobody knows about them because this is before everything we've seen in the alien films and that's why nobody knows about this creature you know, I like this film a lot more now <laughs> that it's so that it's so nihilistic, knowing that even mm-hmm. though she survives and wins, she's gonna die anyway. She's for sure gonna die. There's, and you know how what? Is she getting out of there. And if he had done that, like Mist style or something like that, where he really oh. just shows Ooh, yeah. that she looks around, looks down at a map, and is like, "Oh, poopy," and then like a ghost of fades to black. You know, because I had no, I just thought she, all right, well, she's going to get away now. She's fine. But you're entirely right. Going? Yeah. Oh, I it's like yeah. it's a setup for when the the world falls in love with this character so they could bring her back for the sequel. <laughs> Guys, I think that's what it is. It's like we're going to have a the next Ripley on our hands here. That's a bold statement. Was the, was the hope. Yeah. I never thought about it until I watched it this time. And I was like, but wait, what? She's going to die. Also, like, how how is she even continuing on without her coat? I did Google it, though, genuinely. I Googled it to find out how long it would take you to die in Antarctica. <laughs> it's 30 minutes. But What if she's there's in a all... snow cat? Now we're just talking about water and food or how long it has gas for? <laughs> no, this was specifically related to exposure because okay. you can start to get frostbite in, I think, five minutes. And then, yeah, it takes longer for um, – these are the things that I learned in preparation for the show. It takes longer for your skin to break then it will for you to die. So you'll be dead by the time your skin breaks. So that's cool. That's reassuring. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, you don't want to be alive for that. No, not at all. Hard pass. (laughs) We have have to talk about uh, the score, Chris. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us what you think. It's Scalzo's score corner. Uh, I got nothing. Here's the problem. (laughs) Again, like the rest of this film. Significant preparation. I don't remember a thing about it. (laughs) What? Your I don't. Job I to feel have a score corner. But that's the thing. I it's feel the, like feel like this is the Clerks Two episode on last <laughs> season, but in reverse, because like Chris is breaking before yeah. our very eyes yeah. and ears, and uh, <laughs> and we're you know you guys have several more episodes to go through. I'm curious how this is gonna how this is gonna go. I I thought about us too, maybe tackling some of the uh, like knockoffs, like the Italian knockoffs or something like that too. I thought that would be nice. fun, but I can't begin to imagine. The no, I think that's my point. I mean, I don't remember there. The score had no impact on me whatsoever. None. I, I wow. usually there's some melody or there's some theme that sticks with me, or maybe it's even it offends me. Like there were parts I didn't, I hated about Resurrection, and I didn't disliked 
the abrasiveness a lot of, of of Alien Three, which I was the point. I understand that, but yeah, uh, this not nothing. I pulled nothing out of it by after, from watching wow. it. So I think that's my that's my score corner right there. Wow. I. Yeah, sorry, Harold Klosser with two A's and Harold, which is just weird. Well, that's uh, not his fault. That's true. I guess it's his parents' fault or his yeah. country of origin, which is Austria. And I think we all know. <laughs> well, that means. Oh, yeah, waiting to see where that's going. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I can't talk about it. So, I just. We had so much praise for Arnold. Now you're going to burn all the goodwill we made with Austria. <laughs> All your Austrian listeners just tune yeah, out. They are, they're all, they're all going to leave us now. Chris. I'm just kidding. Fault. I love Austria. He gave me one of my favorite people in the world. So yeah. I, exactly. So yeah, no, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> Klosser. It's just, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing here for me to grab onto. And I just was unmoved by it in any capacity. There's no, mm-hmm. one other thing too is John Fallon of Joe Blow compared to character development in the movie, which I agree with too generic to completely engage or leave a permanent impression. And that's it. It's just, again, it's just somehow Anderson is so perfectly weds the product where even the score is just uneventful and totally forgettable, much like the character names in the film. It's, there's nothing here. There's your score corner. So (laughs) thumbs up. Whoopsie do. Okay. Look at me. All right. I'm an idiot. I love (laughs) it. I don't even. It, you're right, Robert. I think the thing broke me. This film is broken. Yeah. Me. And the crazy thing is, it's not horrible. It's no. not bad. No. It's just that it's so bereft of any artistic merit that I just makes me sad. Okay. I want you to listen to this. All right. This I'm is what so I'm talking about. Okay. All right. This is what we'll I pulled it. two right. clips. This is what we're dealing with when we're talking about the high art of of Alien vs. Predator. Just listen to this. All right. Let's Let's have it. Seven seasons on the ice and I've never seen a gun save someone's life. I don't plan on using it. Then why bring it? Same principle as a condom. I'd rather have one and not need it than need it and not have one. (laughs) That is so good. That is wonderful. Oh, wait, I got more. I'm also with this. When I was a kid growing up in Italy, you know what they call a moon that big? Hmm. La luna del cacciatore. La luna del cacciatore. Brava. What's that? Hunter's moon. Hunter's moon. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's the laugh at the end. The laugh is very strange. I'll give you that. Drives me crazy that it turns it from this innocuous dull line into this almost offensive moment to me between the two of them. So I gotta say, the first clip you played further supports my uh, premise from earlier that this is an allegory about reproductive rights. So oh, we're staying on that. message. We're Ooh, staying on message. Second, Sanaa Latham is doing her best, Dominica de Coco. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so proud of her. <laughs> you have to do it with the fingers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gora it's Lammy. Okay. It's, it's okay. We can all do this because we're all Italian. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. La Luna del Carcettore does sound delicious. Though, yeah, whatever does. the hell that is. I was like, ooh. Yeah, is like, it just a restaurant ooh, called The Moon? Time. The Moon Restaurant. Carcettore? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. La Trattoria? The La Trattoria? The La Trattoria. <laughs> the La Trattoria. Yeah, there you go. Oh, oh, man. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Mickey Blue Eyes. Whoever wins, uh... we lose. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there is there anything else that we haven't covered before we start getting into our favorite performances and our ratings? I'm not. And... I'm not. You two can talk. I am not going to say anything more. <laughs> I <laughs> Robert, do you have any any more notes, thoughts, feelings, trivia? Uh, I I I think the coolest one of the coolest moments in this movie is the flashback, and I think they should have opened with that and built to that, built built off of that, and had that be sort of 
the the kicking off point for the movie. But the problem is that that's the that's all this movie has. It's that premise <laughs> in the flashback. So if they do that in the beginning of the movie, the, the movie's over. It's done. Yeah. Um, I, the, the idea of having like this ritual where people sacrifice themselves to be impregnated to kind of help this uh, predator rite of passage go down. That's a cool idea. Yeah. It's, it's everything that we're saying, you know, it's not executed particularly well with any of the human characters. And so it's not until the back half that this thing really comes alive. And even then a lot of its greatest hits, as we were saying. So yeah. I, you know, when they, they're saying things like without us, there could be no hunt, like that it was all a trap. I think that's, that was kind of a cool twist moment. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm very mixed on this, like as, <laughs> as about this movie, like there's a lot of stuff that I do think is fun, but there's a lot of stuff that I do think is cringe. So it's kind of, <laughs> it, it's very all over the place. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's worth checking out if only to see the predators and the aliens kind of share the screen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's, it's not high art by any means, but I just truly found the whole concept of like, this is, this is not a battle. This is not like two species meeting. This is a ritual. And like, this is this, we are inconsequential to it. And I really did like the idea that like, we've never heard of this before because anytime the predators fail to go through with their ritual, they nuke the place. That's so cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why that works for me, but it does. Like, I just, to make these two things fight, they don't talk. We've, ne we've never considered the predator or aliens' feelings in their past films. So the idea of them fighting does seem weird because I don't care about either of them emotionally. Right. So it, it has to be something like this. So I don't know. I thought it's cool. I thought it's cool how the pyramid constantly changes and moves and it's like, Indiana Jones-ish and it's like ooh this closes that closes it takes forever for that one tunnel they're crawling through to close on them it looks like it's about mm -hmm. to smush them like five times and it never does it's fantastic <laughs> it's it's a little frustrating too though that this is the fifth alien movie they've been saying for a while that the aliens are going to come to earth and then when they finally come to earth it's in a pyramid where they'd never yeah. Uh, they never interact with anyone but like a, a small group of people yeah. as if they were on a spaceship or exactly. a, a prison island or or like, yeah, it's all mm -hmm. the same. Yeah. And also they've been here for much longer than that because they were here for ancient right. civilizations. So that whole you've been waiting for aliens to come to Earth. Aliens were on Earth before us. Cool. What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we don't know about it because they keep nuking it. it they explain themselves. I appreciate that. I do. Chris, you're disgusted with us. <laughs> no, it's not with you. I, I love you both dearly. Okay. Favorite performance. I think we're there. Robert, you, you said you had a little bit of trouble with this. Why don't you start us off? <laughs> there are hardly any characters in this thing. And I felt that weird picking fair. someone who's dressed as an alien or a predator. Oh, even did though you? I considered it. I considered it. Briefly almost went with Tom Woodruff Jr. or Ian White, who play uh, Nethead or whatever in Scar. They have to have nicknames because, yes. again, we're not emotionally connected to them. I feel like it has to be Lance Henriksen kind of by default. Ooh. Right? I mean, is there anyone else in this movie that, like, the, <laughs> that the film even attempts to give us any reason to care about he has that the kind of a I, I i guess fleetingly heroic moment with with the alien and then he has that scene with with lex where they're talking about yeah. uh her father passing away and like mm -hmm. uh having champagne at fourteen thousand. like that's the only part in which this movie even tries to be like you know what it's gonna, this guy you care about him right so we can yeah. kill him in 10 minutes and <laughs> so i so i feel like i feel like that's the only option i had here that's fair that's fair. Um, and I'm all about all about Lance. So anytime we can pick him, that works for me. Chris, did you did you manage to find somebody I, that you could tolerate? I went back and forth on this. I think I think Robert's on on track here. I think Hendrickson does Lance Hendrickson, and he always elevates everything mm -hmm. he's in. Uh, I lean towards Lathan as well as Lex. She's clearly mm -hmm. our lead. She's our hero. But again, they're all just paper thin. So mm. I did it. I went with Ian White as uh, the Predator nice. Scar. Also, I'll point out the first left-handed Predator. But uh, and he actually played all three, unless they were in the scene together. But he played all three Predators at different points. So I went with him. I think that it was 
out of anybody here, weirdly, he seemed to be the most fully realized. Because uh, he was there to train. He actually, you know, he's upset about his buddies getting taken out. And he's going to wipe mm-hmm. all these SOBs out. You know, he's a man on a mission or a predator on a mission. And he forms this uneasy alliance uh, with Sonal Lathan's character. And eventually, you know, he sets up our sequel. So I guess I'm going to go with Ian White. <laughs> that's, that's completely fair. Uh, I, I really considered picking Grid. <laughs> It's like it's it's my favorite kind of image from this movie. Mm. I just think it looks so cool. Uh, I I know it's like I'm gonna pick it apart and be like, oh, it has to look different, so we'll remember it's that alien. Right. Versus, it's like, all right, it's but it looks cool. They could have picked anything. They picked, oh, I don't know. That's that's what I wanted to pick, but I had to be true to my like connection to this movie, which is. When I first saw it, I was just like, who is this woman? Why is she so amazing? Why do I not know who she is? Which is like truly just my bad in 2004 to not know who she was. That's on me. Um, I, I have to I have to go with Lex Sonalatham. She's mm. I know she's she not got great stuff to work with here, but she's gorgeous and she still is. She looks the same, guys. <laughs> I was on her Instagram yesterday. <laughs> Good for her. Uh, so yeah, Sonalatham is my pick. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we. I feel like between the three of us, we hit like the three only options too. Yeah. I feel like it was, it, uh, you know, there's not there's not a, a it's not it, we're far from aliens where every mm-hmm. member of the team like there's an argument for. Yeah. I feel like here it's either Sonalath and Lance Henriksen or one of the two the creatures, a, the A or the P. Like there's a <laughs> and then a bunch of randos basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. God, think about yeah. that. I'm glad we have all, all three represented. <laughs> think what we had. We had a Corporal Hicks. You'll never have it that again. You'll ne- you know it's that when you have that one true love in your life and you and, and you let them get away <laughs> because they get killed. But <laughs> you know you what you do is you, you're not upset because of the loss. You're just happy that you had the time together. And that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna remember fondly Hicks as we sludge through then this episode and next episode it's beautiful. and we'll see if things change at all when scott comes back to reclaim his properties yeah well uh yeah we'll, we'll see how how next episode goes because uh, i'm wor- i'm worried for us chris because normally one of us holds on and uh i'm worried what's going to happen if we're both losing our minds mm. i've never seen abp requiem I've never seen it. I saw it once, and I don't think I don't think I went to the theaters for that either. And I remember hating it, which can be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They always make for fun shows, right, Robert? When you run into a film that you absolutely cannot stand. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. We'll see if that's the case. All right, we are down to our final segment, question, part, thing. I'm going to say, uh, we're going to rate this movie. Our scale is from one to five eggs. So, Robert, as our esteemed guest, what is your egg rating for Alien versus Predator? I feel like I sort of made my final statement <laughs> case already for this. The first yeah. hour is rough, as mm. uh, as we've heard and discussed. But then after <laughs> that, it turns into like a pretty fun, decent action genre movie. Mm-hmm. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of split the difference with my rating and I'm gonna go with like a two two okay. eggs, I think. Because okay. I feel like the last 45 minutes is like a three egg film. I'm like, okay, this is fun. <laughs> there's there's you know, there's an alliance between a human and a predator, and he marks her and all that's really cool. Yeah. Like the, the the concept is there. All we got rid of all the boring people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that first hour, it's just like, oh. Let's do like you're showing me imagery I've seen better executed and more interestingly, <laughs> you know, carried out in the previous alien movies. So if I want to see that, I'll go watch those alien movies or predator movies. So I, I landed at two eggs. It's it's, you know, watchable, not great, but still kind of fun. And I have a, a smaller soft spot for it than you have. But <laughs> I, I do. I do enjoy it to some degree. OK. All right. That's fair. Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go last. Oh, uh, great! <laughs> <laughs> so, 
When James Cameron was asked about this movie, he said, it was actually pretty good. I think of the five Alien films, I'd rate it third. I actually liked it. I actually liked it a lot. Me too, Jimmy. Me too. This is my third favorite. This is four eggs, baby. I really enjoy this. Wow. <laughs> what? I actually just leaned forward and grabbed my microphone. Four, four out of five. Eggs. Four out of five. James Cameron is wrong. You are wrong. How dare you? <laughs> Here's the thing. You know what? Let me let me pump the brakes on that. No, actually, I liked Resurrection better than this. I did. <gasps> I don't think he's entirely wrong in his general thoughts. But for you to then jump from that to giving this four eggs. And I want to stress this, folks. That's out of five. Mm-hmm. All right? That's out of five. <laughs> yeah. This is an 80% movie. Now I hate this, is, this film. You have made me this hate me? this film because of that. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's no. Robert's correct. It's two. I don't agree with his homework. I don't agree with his work. His his reasoning to get there because I don't think the ending, the last two thirds or, or the last third, justifies any escalation. It's it's a two because it's just product. As we said, this mm-hmm. is a chicken McNuggets of science fiction action thrillers. <laughs> Yeah. It's fluff. There's nothing here. And we're just here to, to make some bank and cash from checks. And mm-hmm. the film is now, the, the, the franchise is artistically bereft at this point because of this movie. Sigourney Weaver was entirely right. She nailed it. So, yeah, no, it's a two. And I'm being generous there with that as well. It's not, <laughs> I like the idea of it. I like how they explain how everything works. But it is so just, I don't want to say just, poorly executed there's just no life in this thing that's it there's nothing there's no life to it there's no air there's no breath oh not enough green blood for you no i guess not <laughs> not, all, not enough of anything <laughs> all right all right it's okay i love it i, I love it i would watch it again <laughs> i've i've watched it twice in the past 48 hours now i'll watch it again it's streaming on Amazon Prime, everybody. If you if you Both go versions, to the under, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know we'll my favorite thing unrated. about the commentary for this thing too. Is it about? Mm-hmm. I think fifty eight minutes into the commentary, Lance Henderson gets a call from his daughter and he answers the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you too, Lance. You too. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, Robert. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, can you tell all of our lovely listeners at home where they can find you, what you got going on, uh, where they can vehemently agree or disagree with any of your takes? Absolutely. Yeah, you can find uh, <laughs> Crooked Tables podcasts. I have two of them, Close Watch with Robert Dennis Jr., where we get to know guests through the movies they love, and Franchise Detours, where we're, I think, currently doing the Evil Dead movies, then Mad Max and Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So those are all nice. uh, in the pipeline. And uh, you can find those on Apple, Spotify, other podcatchers. And I'm also on Twitter at Crooked Table. Awesome. Where are you on Evil Dead? Have you done them all yet? Uh, well, we've, re- we've, we've recorded them all. Okay. And uh, yeah, so by the time this is posted, uh, yeah, maybe most of them will be up. Who knows? I'm behind on uh, my schedule. <laughs> I was going to ask you what your, what your favorite was and all that stuff, but I don't want to spoil your... Uh... Oh, it's Evil Dead too. I mean, it's, okay. yeah, I have no problem with that. That's the best one. So that's fine. Yeah, it is. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah, that's unequivocal. It's not, yeah, it's not like alien versus aliens, like which of those that's kind of a pretty even split depending who you ask yeah but i feel like evil dead it's like no it's evil dead too it's yeah Yeah. you're a fan of the remake or actually the the pseudo sequel remake i like that too yeah Yeah, i I think think all four evil dead movies are are really solid i that's that's uh yeah it hasn't not a misfire thus far in that franchise man what's that like a solid franchise i wouldn't know (laughs) we don't i hope so i hope so um all right well you can follow the show on twitter at screen run i am at the lady one chris is at cg scalzo and you can also email us at screenrunfun at gmail.com you can subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts or you can find all episodes at screenrun.fun 
If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review. Can we have five stars, pretty please? I would love you forever if you would do that. And that's all of my notes. <laughs> I want you all to email us at screenrunfun at gmail.com. And I want you to email Bomb Juan on the four egg rating. <laughs> I, I just, I enjoy the I hell need, out of it. I, maybe I need, yeah. That's, you know what? Shoot us an email. I really want to get your thoughts on this. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I've missed you need something to have, here. You need, maybe, I don't know what. Maybe you need to have another two to three cherry wheats and then run it again. <laughs> it could be. I'm a little, maybe that's yeah. what you're missing. Yeah. I think maybe I, or that's what pushed me over the edge. Either way, fine. <laughs> I, honestly, maybe you just need to watch it with me and then you can just like feel my excitement radiating. And yeah, right? Yeah, that's that's for sure that's what <laughs> <laughs> Robert, thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. This was a blast. Yeah. Good times. Sorry, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a few with Alien vs. Predator Requiem. <laughs> it's going to be so Chaos fun. Chaos will ensue, I bet. <laughs> Chaos reigns. Just like the whole <laughs> <laughs> great journey left to man. It's the one place left in the world that no one owns. It's completely free. Me? I'm sort of partial to the penguins. <laughs>